now. Hey, everybody. We thought we'd do something a little different. Um, we're all avid players of iRacing. Spend a lot of time and money on it all the time. I'm sure some of you do, too. Way too much. So we much. thought we'd take... Uh, yeah, too much is right. We thought we'd take um, yeah. a little bit of time to uh, give an open letter to him. So... Dear iRacing, this is for you. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, what we love, what we hate, not everything. We'll do this again. But um, I'm joined by my good friends Antonio and Norman. Levi is busy tonight, but um, we'll see if we can get some input from him too. But uh, sit back, relax, enjoy. Um, shouldn't take too long of your time, but uh, we're looking forward to this one, guys. What do you think? I'm stoked. I'm ready. I'm, t- I'm ready to it. talk about iRacing. Let's do it. Love it or hate it, I'm here to talk about it. So, fun fact. What about loving it and hating it at the same time? That's, that's me. That's exactly how I feel about iRacing. It's like an old lover. What's your first? So, what's our first topic of discussion then? I say we, uh, we got some, well, we got some things we want to praise them for, definitely. Um, there's obviously some things that we want change to. Um, we want this to be some constructive criticism in iRacing. We don't want to bash them. That's not the intention of this episode. It's more just imagine you're writing an open letter to iRacing and you're telling them, hey, this is what we think. You've done this really good. You've done this okay. And here's what we think you can do better. You know? Right. So that's the vibe of the episode if you're uh, if you're wondering. So That's exactly right. And thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Um, and at iRacing, we hope you're listening. I mean, we know you're listening. Let me rephrase that. We know Junior's uh, listening from the metric. Yeah, right? According, We know <laughs> that according to our metrics, at least 20 people in North Carolina listen to our podcast. So it's got to be one of them. Like, <laughs> like the chances are really high. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're, I think... We're definitely in the area. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um well, I know, I know what I'm going to talk a little bit about licensing and the licensing system and stuff, but we'll save that for later. Um, I think one of you guys should kick it off. I'll get this. <laughs> I'll get this show's rolling. Um, cause I know Antonio can really get into some of this discussion because he's a league owner himself. I think iRacing does very good job about giving us the ability to run leagues. And I think it's a very popular part of their service. The thing is, is you can only run a league in iRacing that is run just like any of their races. There's not really a unique way to make your league stand out than any other league. I know Antonio busted his tail on getting League Zero to run differently by using the heat format to make it like a normula formula three race with a feature race and a sprint race. But it, and that's awesome. They gave us that option, but you can't do open qualifying. You're limited. So your last lap doesn't ever count as the great, the checker flag falls the end of the session. And then I think there's been some other things we've talked about. There's always been a problem in the league with setups. And 
I really want to get y'all's opinion on how difficult we think it would be to bring in semi-fixed setups where we lock certain parts of the setup and unlock other parts. I definitely think it's, um, it's doable from like a, a league owner's perspective and, uh, especially in the formula category. Um, there's definitely some things I feel are missing. Um, what Norman was saying about the open qualifying format, it has one flaw. It uh, the end of qualifying is is done by the time limit. So once the time expires, the session ends. You get you know your three second delay, and that's about it. Whereas traditional open qualifying, which is when you run it without the heat format, uh, checkered flags flag flies at zero. But if you cross the line with one second remaining, you get to finish your lap. Um, so that's that's a big thing because I know. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem like much and I don't think you'd fully understand it unless you race formula cars, but you, you really understand how meaningful getting that last lap is in is sometimes it's huge. Um, so that's one big thing from the format perspective. Another thing I'd like to see while we're on the topic of formats is how come there's no, there's, there needs to be like a saved format list where I can just go schedule a race and click boom format a and it preloads all my settings i don't know how that's not a thing yet because i gotta reschedule like literally when i schedule every race i know there's a use last session settings button but it doesn't always work and i think it would make more sense to have a saved list so that's a huge thing for me um but jumping into what norman said next and it's actually slipping my mind what the next thing you asked was what was it norman sorry um semi-fixed setup semi-fixed setups right um, I totally think this is doable. Um, I get they want it to be set to when it's open. I get the open and not open thing because open is basically what they limit you to in real life. So that's understandable. But at the same time, it would be nice if we could do like semi-fixed. Like, for example, we can adjust tire pressures and wing settings or something like that would just be huge because well-fixed is fair because everybody drives the same car. At the same time, not everyone has the same preference. You see this often in Formula One. There's a primary driver, there's a secondary driver. The cars almost always pertain to the to the um, primary driver. And the secondary driver usually struggles because one guy likes tight car, one guy likes loose car. You got to find a happy medium and you never do. Um, so I think that would massively help. Um, I think that would help a lot of things like even GT cars, just being able to adjust pressures in a wing would be great. Um, NASCAR, it would be good to just do maybe... I don't know, just tire pressures and stuff. I, I've been out of oval for too long to have a proper comment on what to adjust there, but there's definitely, it, it would benefit everybody, I think, in every regard to racing. So from a from an owner's perspective, that's that's pretty much my opinion on league sessions for sure. The, those are some things that need to change. What about you, Dave? What do you think? So um, I've shifted from a guy who is running official almost exclusively to now a guy who exclusively runs leagues. Um and runs it really in one league in particular but um i find the league experience is really what carries me in the service personally um being able to tailor the sim to do and simulate what i want it to simulate so i'm with you on a hundred percent um antonio having presets for league sessions would be killer um and it i don't think it would i mean it's not like i'm a developer at iRacing, so i'm not familiar with their systems and how their infrastructure works there but with the ai sessions there is a ton of preset 
classes and racing and things that you can make for AI. You can make whole seasons. You can make all of these things. So it seems logical that for leagues, we would be able to um, duplicate that maybe and have some of the freedoms that I feel like I have when I'm doing AI racing. Um, of course, AI racing has its flaws with like fixed setups and whatever. But um, yeah, league racing is what holds me here. And so I would love to see all of these things fixed. Also with the the qualifying laps, I'm that kind of guy that I need every little bit. So, you know. One other thing I've noticed for sure is um, I don't like the customization of the heat format. I think it's, you should almost, I actually wish they would open it up to you being able to build your own session as opposed to having to go fluent from practice to qualifying to race or to races, however you have it. I really would like to see multiple sessions. It would be so cool to even just have a, a practice one and a practice two. Like, you know, have your practice go up for two hours, have practice one, practice two. It's just it's just something cool. It doesn't really matter. You don't need it. I get it. But where it really comes in is the racing. The racing is huge. I think there needs to be the ability to have two races and to use your results from qualifying for maybe the second race or you know, use race one's results and invert them, which you can do currently right now. But I'll give you an example. We use a feature sprint format here at League Zero. And how it works is you have your practice, you're qualifying, your qualifying will set your feature race, which is which is technically an iRacing heat race one. And then we have a sprint race, which is technically iRacing's feature race because it's set up for the dirt model. But I think it would be super handy if they gave us the option to have multiple races and to use that format differently. So now keeping in mind what I just said about the format, imagine what Formula 3 does in real life. So what they do is the identical format, but they run the feature and sprint opposite. So the sprint race runs first. They take the quality grid order and they invert the top 12 and that's your sprint race. And then the feature race is set by the grid from qualifying. So that's the part we're missing. Setting the grid by qualifying for the second race. I can't do that. I have to take what's from the feature. Uh, sorry, from iRacing's heat one. You get it. It's, right. it's a tad yeah. bit confusing because they use the word feature. It is confusing. For the final race. So but for in our case, the, their features are sprint. But you get the point. Hopefully. And they, especially with all these new open wheel series, they support a massive amount of cars that in real life do this type of racing. So naturally, it should we should have the options to emulate that you know, I oh, 100%. I, I think another thing too it would be good for, I think it would be great for the short tracks on ovals. Like, I, I don't know about how much um, any of the series down south do it. In Canada, they have the Canadian NASCAR, the NASCAR Pinty series. They do what they call twin 100s at one of these tracks in Edmonton. And it's cool because they have one race and then they have a second race and they're both 100 laps. Hence the name, twin 100s. And it, it's cool. I think that would be something that you know, you can still do it with the heat format, but there's these weird complications. And I don't know. I just think it would be easier if they overall simplified it and be like, hey, you can have two races. It's that simple. Where do you want the where do you want the starting grid to come from? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I want to go back to like, I agree with all that, but we are free practice. This isn't anything major, but when you set up these sessions, it's like everything's done in one day in the sim. So, you know, you practice at 11 o'clock in the morning, you qualify at noon, you race at two that day in sim time. And I like what you were saying about 
okay, I'm going to do 30 minutes of FP1, and it's going to be run on Friday. And then Saturday morning, we're going to have FP2. And then we'll do qualifying Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday, we'll have the race. And I think this would come in more once rain gets here because you might get rain on Saturday but not have rain Friday or Sunday. Yeah, and having different sessions works too, but but what I think would be good too is even if you had it all in one. So like, say I want one single session and I want, you know, for example, we race Thursday. So let's say we want to have a short practice first, then qualifying, then our races. But on Wednesday, we want to have two practice sessions run in the same session. So like a one hour FP1, a one hour FP2. But in between that, like the session actually restarts and changes potentially to a different weather or something like that. Like that's what we're missing. And I think that would be super beneficial in anything. I think it would be super cool. It helps you simulate real life a little bit more. And I have a feeling it's something that's not too hard to add. I don't know. I can't speak to the to the um, coding aspect of it. Obviously, none of us here are developers. We got, you know, a couple of buddies that are, so we know how much goes into it. But I imagine it's something that's probably pretty simple and gives you a pretty good result. I would hope so. But I mean... And to pre- to preface all this though, like I I am quite pleased with the re- the league experience for what it is right now. I mean, yeah, I agree with all of these things. Like I think they're crucial, and but there's a reason why I keep coming back to i racing for the league for the league experience. Um, especially, I just feel like it's it's really easy to integrate. Um, once you find a community of dudes, it is easy to stay with that community of dudes inside of iRacing. Uh, it's not easily infiltrated unless you want it to be, which is kind of the point of league racing. And like, even with private servers and stuff and other video games, you know, like there's, there's issues with that, but iRacing, I think has done a good job with it. But, um, yeah, I particularly weather between sessions as, because I'm not the fastest guy. And so like strategy is where I went, like strategy is it like this last weekend, or this last week in the league race um, for League Zero in Canada, like I did really well, and a lot of it was due to strategy calls, um, pitting early and uh, undercuts, and like that's how I do. And so being able to take advantage of a higher or lower tire temperature from session to session, or if and when we get rain, but if we if we ever get there, like being able to qualify in the rain and do really well, and then get a good position in the dry would be crucial for me um so i hope i see it too i mean it you know i don't see myself racing in gran turismo instead but i you know i need it on the um on the topic of rain actually that that leads us into another good point um i think iRacing gives us great content every time they release but one thing i would like to see more of that we don't see enough is a roadmap of what we're getting in the next updates um, not even, and, and I don't mean that as in like, I want to see next update. Like if rain's coming, I'm happy to wait for it, but I don't think what they did was right when it came to teasing the rain and then telling us, yeah, we're working on it. It might be later this year. I think it would just be nice to have like a, Hey, we're anticipating rain to come out, but it might take a year and a half. You know what I mean? Or like, Hey, here's progress on rain. Here's a progress update on rain. Hey, we weren't able to touch it this time because we got some cool deals with, you know, the LMP3 car and Mercedes F1 car. Like, you know what I mean? Just something like that. Um, especially something as key as rain. It's huge. Yeah. 
know that know that you've led your community on and now that they're kind of mad at you like i feel like as a developer or company you should realize that and attack it out front like hey guys we're sorry we know that because they know that we're talking like i don't know if they know we're talking but like you get on the forums you get on reddit like this has been this is not new news so like someone at iRacing knows that we you know the general consensus of the iRacing user right now is that we screwed him a little. Like, I would be doing stuff about that. Video game company or not, so, I don't know. They teased Rain right after Day Night Cycles came. Yeah, wasn't that back in, like, 2018 or 19? It was yeah, so, so long, long ago, ago, bro. And I know we had a huge pandemic, and I understand that iRacing also is a very small company in the aspect of workers. They're not, you know, they're not this sh huge development company like EA Sports. Yeah, I think it definitely, we, we don't really know their true size. Um, it might be something as simple as Google searching. I know they, they're still a private company, aren't they? They're not publicly traded or anything crazy. Like that. I think so. I yeah, can private, I can also so. I can also say like there's some magic to underperforming rather than overperforming and failing. Like like take like Cyberpunk 2077 for example, like you know, swearing by a lot and then releasing before it was ready and then everyone is just hates you. Um I could see that being part of this too, like where maybe it is about quality, like they know it's not ready. And they just refuse to release it before they're happy with the physics of it and how it feels in the car. And I mean, and I can see me. it. Yeah, right. Amen, brother. That's what I was going to say. Then just tell say, us. hey, the rain right now that we have sucks. is shit. It sucks. And we're not giving it to you. I would love that, dude. I, if anything, that would be like, I'm. well, I want to stick around and find out. Like, you know, thank you for not giving it to me. Just the just some sort of update would be nice, and we we get that iRacing is a small company. Um, I, I don't really know what they bring in for financial money. For all we know, they could be rolling in dough. They could be broke, and that might be why we see so much content. Um, I know content is great. Like we're always happy to see new tracks and new cars. Maybe not so much the cars, just because then you add more series and you sway the official numbers, and you know what I mean. Stuff happens with that, but I definitely, I definitely think there needs to be some sort of roadmap in regards to some of the, not game breaking, but the mechanics of it. Like uh, sand and gravel was really bad for a while. They've recently done an update. It's not perfect, but it's massively improved. Grass, I think needs to be next on that list. Like that's something that should be fixed quicker than it's been being fixed. Uh, you get in the grass, you almost maintain the same speed and you slide into the wall. The grant, the sand and gravel used to be the same, now I will say it's way better. It's still not quite the same as real life. And I get it. There might be limitations in the engine. We're using an old engine. But tell us. Give us some, some something to like be like, hey, we're stuck. Just anything. Yeah, I'm on that grass stuff. I watched the IndyCar race this weekend. And there was probably 10 cars literally drive through the grass during the race. Lost a little bit of speed. But you could see the steering wheels turning them turning back on the track, staying on the accelerator, and not losing control of their car. And that's a hard car to drive. The tire dipping's huge for me. I, I find in the open wheel cars and the high-powered cars, when you dip 
a left rear or a right rear in the grass for a split second. Like say you're running, uh, let's think of Road America turn one. You come out of the corner and your left side, you just nick the grass and it sends the car around. I That does not happen in real life. I've been in, I mean, I don't know. I get it. I, I drive a low powered legend car. I can't really say much because I'm some amateur bum who just has the amount of money that I can buy a car. But I, I, I do not believe for a second that a high powered car, if it just dips a tire for a split second, is going to immediately light it up, spin around and be out of control. There's it no does, way. I mean, it does happen. I mean, we saw, we saw Grosjean do it at Road America in the IndyCar this week. I he get did, it. But, but it looked, I mean, he, he caught that dirt and sent dirt up high in the air. And like, I, I feel like specific cars it happens to, but in that, in iRacing happens to every car. Like I can do it in the legend car and spin myself out. I don't know. I, I, I get it. That might not be the best example. I'm, you know, some people might be listening to me and being like, this guy's yeah, stupid. I, I didn't mean to disagree. About, but, like I agree with you, but like the, it, it is, I was just for the record for non-habit racing you, fans. You're, you're an asshole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's possible to dip a tire and spin, but I'll vouch that I was going to follow it up with in iRacing though, like uh, like this last race in Canada, like going into the hairpin in Montreal, the track kind of does that weird jog left and it's real easy to like to be focusing on the entry to the corner and just catch your outside tire on the grass. Like real easy to do that. And yes, if you do that, you will spin on entry to the corner which is weird and so i'm happy with the gravel progression but the grass is always wet in iRacing let's put it that way i've got i think it was at hockenheim in the f3 car i got a video of my car literally an inch of the tire is in the grass the other what 11 inches of the car tire are on the rumble strip and you would have thought my whole car was in the grass and my steering wheel was full locked to the right and my car just spun out. Like I just totally was off in the grass. And it's like, no, that's not right. It makes me wonder if it's like a simple design flaw, like a hitbox thing, you know, like in RPGs where it's like you, if you cross a certain threshold with the tire, does the whole tire cross it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't want to get too sidetracked with the grass. My main thing is the roadmap's huge. I just really want them to give us updates of when stuff's coming. Um, especially those game... Uh, there's a there's probably a good word to use. Anything that's not content and just basic game mechanics, I think they're, it, it's it's fair to give us a heads up when that's coming or more tire model changes because I know they're, they're big on dude tire models. But um, Yeah, we're supposed like to be that. getting a major tire model update because of the rain, they're having to change. I think they're changing the whole tire model again. Don't hold me to that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it had to change entirely. Because now they're going to have to work on, you know, are you on a dry part of the track? Are you on a wet part of the track? The wet part of the track is going to cool the tire. The dry part of the track is going to heat the tire. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that gets into it now. Yeah, because naturally when you race in the rain, you run off the line. Yeah, the the rubber too. They have to simulate mm-hmm. having no grip. But um, I guess another thing to to bring into topic of discussion is the um, this is more into official, and unfortunately, none of us are really official guys anymore. I was kind of like Dave too, where I used to live and breathe officials, and then 
I owned a league for a couple of years and now I've completely converted out of officials. I still try and run it sometimes when I find a track car, uh, car track combo I like, but I would love to run it more. Um, but I think a couple big things that are stopping me from going to it is one, there's a lot of series now. Um, now I get it. There's cars. You got to have series for it, but I find there's a lot of repeat cars and a lot of series where I feel like they shouldn't be. Um, I know the base, everyone's kind of in C-Class and I know that C-Class is super popular. So you get a lot of repeats like the Advanced Legends, the Miatas are a repeat. You'll also get the, uh, the big car or the, sorry, the big events, uh, like, you know, your six hours at the Glen, your Endurance series that run actually only weekly or bi-weekly or even monthly. Um, it just seems like C-Class is a base for everything. And while I understand the reasoning for that. I think it should be something you have to earn. I think A-Class should be the primary base for stuff like that. For example, NIS. How does it make sense that you can run the cup cars at C-Class, but you're fixed and you're open is trucks? I think, and NIS is, some of them are official full length, like Coke 600, for example. To me, I don't think that makes sense. I, I think it should be something you have to work for. And I think that would really clean up those races because, and I get it, I rating's a thing. I understand there's guys in C-Class that have three times the amount of I rating I have. But at the same time, I still think the safety factor falls into it as well. I think it just makes more sense. Um, I, What do you guys think about that? I really think it needs to be that way, but maybe that's just my opinion. I would like to see a better ladder system put into iRacing where say you want to go up the formula chart you know you start with the formula V's and the skippies and you kind of choose those and then you get into your UF 2000 your indie pros and you're like I know we don't really have a formula tier once you get to the top tier but maybe the formula Renault 35 and then into the Formula 3, Formula 4, and then on to the Formula 1 um, car if you want to go that far. And you do the same thing for, you know, sports car racing. You start your Miatas and your Toyota G86s, and then you move from there to... um. You know, like some GT4s. Then you get to your GT3s. And then you can get into your LMP3s, your LM, LMD2s, and then your um, proto, your high-powered prototypes. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I think there needs to be a little bit more. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying with what I was saying with the C-Class and like NIS and stuff, for example... I just really think the fast cars should require you to have the top, top safety rating as well. Like, that's important. You need to know how to drive the thing too, right? Um, again, I get it. Our rating is going to split the sessions to make you at the proper skill level. But realistically, there's probably not that many guys that come in new that are C-class that are going to be having the ability to run, you know, NIS. Isn't there, isn't there a Grand Prix thing too? Why do I feel like the Mercedes F1 cars also? Yeah, there's the Formula Grand Prix Tour. I I don't know, man. I just I don't think that should be a C class car. I think that should be something you got to work for. Um, 
that was always big for me when I was starting. I thought like, oh man, I really got to like earn my rights. I got to get up to there. I got to get to the A class. Like that's huge. Um, and well, you know, I think safety rating is just as important as I rating. I, I just think when you, once you get to the tippity top, that's when you get those big cars. I think safety rating is a broke system in iRacing. I think the I rating has nailed what they're trying to do. I think the safety rating, because you can form it real quick and real easy. A lot of people do the time trials. One good endurance race where you have like 15 to 50x in a 24-hour race, and your safety rating is going to jump almost a whole tier. It's like, it's pretty quick and easy to farm. Yeah, it's it's funny. You can't farm I rating as fast as you can farm safety rating. It's weird. It's almost, um, it almost needs to get like exponentially worse as you get more incident points. I don't know. Maybe maybe it does. I don't actually know how it works. It's a, it's like an ELO system, isn't it? It's like incidents by number of turns you've taken. It's why the 24 Hours of Le Mans race was always very good on safety rating because there's 36 turns a lap. And, yeah, you know, you, you're maybe... In 24 at, Hours, you do a ton. Yeah, yeah, you do maybe half an incident a lap is what you're averaging. So, yeah, you're you're Gucci right there. Just looking basically at their website, it's obvious, or like the website numbers, I'm looking at iracingreports.com, which is, uh, you can go get season stats per season, um, series involvement, where they come from, what was the average I rating. You can also do it on different discords using a bot, but um, in this case, the number one race iRacing series in iRacing is the Global Mazda Cup Rookie. Um, if you look at overall divisional, and if you're not familiar with iRacing's divisional series, like divisional ratings, that's based on your I rating, um, and where you sit in all drivers that have entered your series for the season. So, for example, if I enter MX5 Cup, the guy with the top I rating is Division One, and the guy with the bottom I rating is rookies, and then everything in between that is scaled based on who else enters and the average. Anyway. My point is here is that 23% of all I racers that registered for rookie are, are registered for races are rookies. 23%. To give you some perspective, the next division is only 3%. Division eight is 4%. Seven is five. Six is eight. Point is, is that based on this chart, if you are racing officials, you're either a rookie or you're division three, two, or one. So you're either really good or you suck. So right there, based on this, just this one chart, that's a problem. That if C-Class is touted as the most most wide series, what this appears to me is that safety rating and I rating don't correlate. That there's a bunch of very fast people that remain in C-Class or race in C-Class races, which is fine. You get Formula uh, 3 and things, but if you look at... Pers- pers- participation across series all of those c-class series that we mentioned are not the top entry series um formula v is uh up there production car the ferrari gt3 challenge isn't that d-class i thought it was or, or ferrari gt3 challenge you said yeah 
I think that's a D-class car. Formula 1600 Rookie Series, the GR Butt Kicker Cup. These are all the top, like, five. And they're the top by a lot. Like, once you get sixth place and down, it's sorry. The, the numbers really start sinking. And then if you go to the lowest run series, they're the ones we don't care about, the Mission R, the Stock Car. But what's really sad to see is one of the least run series in all of iRacing is NASCAR Class A top of the top stock cars only had 504 people register for races in season two mazda mx5 cup had 41,667. so like but this started as a nascar sim too so it's obvious that class a the pinnacle of the sim which i think would be it right nascar class a that's their coke series and their pro series and it's what covid it's like what kept them alive during covid like and kept nascar alive during covid arguably this is the one two three four the ninth lowest entry series they're right along formula ir with 461 and above them is the classic lotus had more people race than nascar class a i think that's sorry and nascar class b is not far behind them with only a thousand people which is really sad because that's a freaking amazing car it is I think there's a lot of dead series too, or or duplicates, or like, do we need to fix an open of everything? Now, oval, I get it. Fix an open's huge. You might not know how to set up a car. I get it, but I think there starts to get to a point where there's too many series, and I get they try and stagger them so that it's, you know, beneficial. But like, let's look at like D class for example. Like, if you want to run open wheel, there's so many options now because they've added so many cars. Or even just the lower tier open wheel cars. Like what? You got Formula 3. You've got F1600. You've got F4. You've got the USF2000. You've got the Indy Pro. You've got... the. Did I say V already? I probably did. The Skippy. I'm like, there's so many cars that it's just like hard to... I will say though that all of those series you named because they're rookie and D-class rookie and Division 9 races... They get a lot of attendance because if you look at iRacing's metrics since 2020, like they have their average, their average player base in 2017 was 25,000 people. And now it's 125,000 people. Yeah, that's crazy. I seen that. That's nuts. Yeah. So like they've exploded. But what that means is, is like most of these people, let me, let me backtrack 2020 season one was 60,000 2020 season two was a hundred thousand so really for only the last three years they've been dealing with these new players and if you look at the metrics they're not growing consistently like that now they've kind of plateaued so like if you came during covid now you're staying you know and so like i don't know tailored to us now like okay so for perspective if you sort the series list there is six a-class series uh, let, take a guess i want each of you to take a guess how many c-class ones there are just just guess randomly 20 26 53 that's what? insane it's, there's 53 c-class series i don't know man i just think is that's that a series problem. or open sessions like no that's series list i'm going down holy to holy god but yeah, now, we do have to factor in that C class does have some of those ones that don't run. So that would take out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Knock nine off because nine of them would be 
those series that run once a week or once every two weeks or it's NIS and runs a few times weekly sort of thing like that or six hours of the Glen, for example, is there. So realistically, we're looking at like 42, 43, somewhere around that mark. But that's still an imbalance. Like, I feel like you should be pushing people to get to A-class. Like, A-class should be, I don't know. I try to think of like, maybe like CSGO. Like, we want to get to the rank, the top, the highest rank. I get it. Like, I get it. I rating and safety rating are different. And you, you can't really compare safety rating to, I guess, a CSGO rank or something. But at the same time, the goal should be to get A-class and the highest safety rating possible. It shouldn't be just go for the highest I rating possible. I, I can be whatever safety rating I want as long as I don't drop below C-class because that's where all the series are. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that uh, here's another quick little math problem that I think explains that. So this is all from, again, um, iRacingReports.com. So there were 110,119 unique drivers in 2023 season two. They averaged 21.4 starts each. Let's start with that number. That's a fishy number to me. Antonio, how many seasons have you actually started 20... 22 official races. Ooh. Definitely not the last three years. Right. I'd because say maybe two. There's 13, there's 12 weeks in a season in iRacing. And the iRacing scoring system, if you, ca- if you care about your season standings, because if you didn't know, like there is a season competition every season per division, per series. And if you win division one champion, that's the champion of x car right and that's a lot of people don't even know that about iRacing but it is from the very beginning that has been the pinnacle goal when you enter a series is to race all 12 weeks you get two drop weeks i believe or one i don't remember or they drop your highest and lowest score i don't remember there's something to that but the point is is that if you race twice it drops your lowest i remember that so like let's say we're at hockenheim this week if I do one race and I suck, like I need to do another race there or, or that's going to go down on my week zero points. So if I do another race there and I win, well now the low score drops. But if I do a third race, now it takes your average top two and your average bottom two. So it's in everyone's best interest or to, or so to do one or two starts or four or in multiples of two if you're in a series. So right off the bat, we got 21.4 starts a piece and 12 weeks in a season. So that does not equal two. So just based on that number, the average iRacer is not a serious about their season standings. Point is they only care about their iRating, right? But that's not what it's designed to be. The divisions are there so we can compete and be like, oh, I'm 11th in my division. And if you've never done that, it's really exciting. It's fun to like actually compete in a series season. But um, right here, it's obvious that your normal iRacer doesn't understand the metric. Because if they did, the average race would be at least two. At least. One thing looking at this website I'm finding interesting is if you go to the historical participation part of this gra- of this system, you can see the COVID ball and how much it went from below 60,000 users in season one of 2020 to season two 
over a hundred thousand. A forty thousand like slow curve and then just shot up and now they're having now you can see the numbers are very wisher-washy per season. So how long did it take you to get to A class or B class or or out of C class? Like from the time you registered in iRacing? I got out really quick, I feel like. Yeah. How when did you register though? Like when did I first become a member? Yeah. Were you like back in the day day, like 2015, 23rd of 2018? Oh, I'm not okay. that old. Okay. Five years. I'm, I was the end of, well, I registered mid season two of 2018. I was mid 2019. But I also didn't do any races for about a month on iRacing. I just goofed off on the time trials. Yeah. I was mid 2019 and it took me, it took me, about about a year, about a, and I'm not serious to climb to A class. Trying to see my license class. There we go. So I got to Oval March 18th of 2019, or no, March 11th of 2019. So that took what, basically, third two year year yeah about about a year and a month. Yeah, road road it took me. March 9th, 2020, but I also didn't do road for a while, so. Point is, it's safe to assume that if you joined in 2020 and you have ap- uh, adequate equipment and you're moderately serious, like, you should be out of C-Class by now. Yeah, 100%. So, I, I can't believe, and it, but if, but like you said, Norman, there's a, there's a plateau on user count, so it's not like we're adding 30,000 new users a month and that's what's feeding C-Class. Like, the fact is, is that there's just too many dang C-class races and not enough people to fill them. That's what it looks like to me. So to go just one step further on those numbers, this is just real quick. So I said that there was 110,199 unique drivers averaging 21.4 starts each. There was 142,562 official races run in season two. What that means that across rookie to A-class, oval, dirt, road, doesn't matter, your average grid in iRacing official is 16 and a half people. Keep in mind, there's some totally dead series that over these 12 weeks had 500 or less drivers. Well, yeah, so, you were talking about those numbers from the, the A-class fix or whatever, and it was, right. oh, it was one of the lowest, and it was literally, I, I did the math, over three months, it's an average of 5.3 registrations per day. And the, that makes up probably a quarter of the series on the chart are like that, just dead. Yeah. So, but still, if if you've ever been in an racing race, 16 and a half people, even if that is the average across all series, that's not a lot. Like, that's not a very great grid for a GT race, for a formula race or whatever. Like, it's, it's fine, but it's not like this pinnacle immersive experience, well, you know? I- I know they only get three races every two weeks, but in the endurance series that if I'm going to run, that's what I'm going to run. You're looking at 40 plus cars per grid. Right. So on this metric, that means that on the other side, there's another series somewhere with 10 cars or less or zero or less than zero, I guess, if we're trying to shoot for 16. But 
I mean, but I mean, the I'm not. I don't. We don't need to beat a dead horse here. the The point is, is that like we're being oversaturated with content. There is too much. There's too many new cars. Like there's, but then there's guys like us, which I would like to. It's hard to find, but I would like to know the metrics of like how many. If there was a way to know how many people raced and didn't enter an official race, like how many people logged into iRacing and didn't run an official race. Because I bet it's a staggering amount of people. Like league racing is so healthy and it's obvious that like your average consumer in iRacing goes down the same path, right? You either stay in rookie forever or you get to division three, two, or one. And then based on these numbers, once you get to A class, you leave. You go somewhere else because all the A class series are dead, totally dead. So you go to you go to a league. And and Guys, what percentage of League Zero guys would you say on an average Thursday are A-class? Like 95%? Yeah, something like, like that. Our entire, like there's B-class and some C guys, but like for the most part, our entire league is comprised of A-class people. So like they're out there, you know? We just put out a Reddit post like, hey, come join our league. And like a bunch of A-class people showed up. So they're they're hungry and they want content and they want to race. If if there was a way for me to hop in the sim and not feel like my efforts would be diminished um, and not by bad luck, but like truly the outcome is no different whether I put it in the wall or someone else put me in the wall, I'm being punished the same way. Like that doesn't feel good, right? They don't even end up fixing it either. Like it ruins your results. Or like say you get DQ'd after the checker because some guy hits you and the race is over The now. system opens... A, a world where you take the most competitive community of people on the planet that's gamers and racers you put them all together and then you tell them that like there's this system it's kind of mystical how it works we're not going to tell you about the incidents per corner metric because that's kind of supposed to be a secret like and you know you can run like some extra laps before the race or after the race and like get some points back if you want and if you totally wreck out of a race it's you're screwed but if you wreck out and can repair for 20 minutes and run three extra laps that helps like it's really vague and i at the end of the day i don't feel like it helps guys who are quicker and who are getting better racecraft progress in a natural fashion at a point i think up to b class it works great but then after that it's it's a mess so to to wrap this up I'm going to challenge y'all. I'm going to hand y'all a magical wand. Y'all get one minor fix. What would it be for iRacing? Talking about me or to the viewer or listener, I should say. To y'all too. Oh, okay. You could change one thing. It can't be a major thing. Like you can't like, we're going to, the iRacing system's going to be fixed. We know that's what Dave would say. Um, iRating you mean? iRating, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. User. But you can fix one thing. It's got to be a little thing. I'd say I'd say fix the series. That's mine. I'm it. Sorry. I took it first. Okay, <laughs> you got it. I'll go second. Um <laughs> one little thing just like right off the bat, give it to me. Uh I would love to see something inside of iRacing that's a little bit more friendly to paint designers and livery. 
I love trading paints. I love using trading paints. I think it's such a great service, but like iRacing is really missing out on a really huge creative community of people that could be bringing some really cool content that I don't have to update every time I turn on my computer. I would love to see. And for me, I'm going to go with tire heating. Yeah, that's valid. I would like, I, I would like to see the ability on like short pace laps when they give you the short grid to be able to work heat to your tires a little bit faster on those pace laps. I'm with it. I'm with it too. I think we all shared some, uh, some valid points, but I want you to know iRacing, I do love you. I do think about you and I do miss you when I go out of town, but you know, we can all work on ourselves a little bit, girl, you know, <laughs> it's like being in an abusive relationship. That's right. Just work on yourself a little bit. I'll work on myself. You work on yourself. I think that's going to wrap it up for this special. We hope you enjoyed. This will, we'll be doing this more and more um, throughout the year. I think we're planning on doing this for every 13 weeks for iRacing to kind of keep you up to what they're up to and how we feel about them. So, Hope you enjoyed, and we will see you next time.